I'm Sheik. I'm Joel. And this is a short print. So, Sheik, do you celebrate Christmas? Yes, I do. We we sell, we have lots of gifts uh, all throughout me growing up. You know, we would we would participate in it completely. The house full decorated lights, Santa Claus on the roof, like the whole shindig. Like we were we were about it. Um, I think I, it took me like fifteen years to convince my mom to uh, get us get us a real Christmas tree. Uh-huh. And uh, dude, the amount of water that this tree takes in—it's a lot. You got to fill it. It's not. It's, I'm not saying it's like hard to do. I'm just saying I didn't expect the, a tree off the root to to intake that much water on a daily basis. But the house smells amazing whenever we do that, and we do that from time to time. We can't do it every year. Man, that's an experience. I've never had a real Christmas tree in my life. Um, you ha- you have a uh, four or five days to make it happen. <laughs> we got our we got our fake one up and i'm happy i don't want to deal with it but um growing up so my kind of... family was actually christian growing up christian to the point where no we don't we don't do any santa stuff we don't do you know gift giving all that kind of stuff was like uh on the side right um i think they loosened up as we got a little bit older and realized that's something that we wanted being here but uh given our background and where they came from uh that level or that piece of christmas really didn't exist of uh of making it about Santa and the like. But that being said, now with my kids and um, as I got into my teen years, it became more of a thing. And so learning how to gift give was actually a process for me of figuring out how to move away from utility and getting mm. getting people gifts that actually were fun, right? And exciting. And it, I guess the whole card world makes it a great avenue where we can find gifts for each other. Oh, when, yeah. Uh, I mean, when it comes up. It's a very interesting time, Joel, because there are a lot of auctions that are really big going on right now. And always in December, there's like this like last quarter of the year. It's like, this is a lull. Like not a lot of people after national, like all the excitement's kind of like a little over and then the seasons are already full swing. Um, and then, you, you know, January, February comes and there's like a hype cycle that comes through it, but there are huge auctions going on right now. And, um, gosh, what was it? Uh, they call it in, in finance terms, Joel, they call it tax harvesting, right? And, and that is kind of what is happening a little bit, but also some people, you know, just uh, holiday times are expensive. It's, it's not really cheap. It, it forget like if your family doesn't do gift giving, a lot of families do traveling. So you have to spend money somewhere. Uh, for mm-hmm. the most part. So it's a very expensive time, to be honest. Like, has your wife given you a sports card gift before? I gave my wife advice many years ago that I would feel uncomfortable with for her for her to approach, like, going to a place and purchasing, like, a piece of memorabilia or a card because I was scared that she would get ripped off. And I never want to see her get ripped off in that space. <laughs> that being said, um, she gave me, I think it was for Christmas a few years ago, she gave me a $100 gift card, right, for to, to my local card shop, which I loved. And to me, that's great because I love spending money with the guy. And I used to get this this jersey behind me. So her $100 gift card turned into something that was not $100 on the back of my wall. Mm. So I don't know if that's a gift that she was like a little bit like, I don't know how I felt about what that turned into. My wife is in a couple of things. Uh, 
card related. I don't have it here with me. Maybe the next show I will find it somewhere. I, I think we just moved. And if you look behind me, I'm in our new office. So I'm trying to get things uh, behind me that are relevant to cards. What, you, what you're seeing right back here is uh, this is um, the Instagram account Art is Bullshit, which is Kiki, mm -hmm. which is Croatian Twin's brother, who is a, uh, an artist. And he made this print on the Jordan Fleer. Um, it's kind of like a mosaic uh, kind of look. And it's numbered out of 23. And uh, luckily for me, it's numbered six out of 23. So I get, you know, a little bit of LeBron, a little bit of Jordan, best of both worlds. Um, and then if you look over here on this shoulder, this is the pantheon of all the teams LeBron has played in. And this was actually a gift from my wife to me for my, uh, I think, my birthday, like two, three years ago. And so she she doesn't know what to buy in cards. It's, it's kind of tough for her to probably navigate because my interests have changed so much in it. And then so this year, this is my first Father's Day this year. And she bought, uh, she, she must have seen an ad or she was, maybe she was targeting this. But she went to one of those custom card companies and she made like a gold card. Um, and it's it's like a Pokemon one and it's called like the Iron Sheik. Mm -hmm. And it literally is like showing you like different traits like that, you know, it would be good to have as a father that I'm seem to be doing, which is good. To, uh, I'm heading in the right direction. And then it has a picture of our, she, she took a picture of our family and it made it into a cartoon, but I'll maybe show it in a future episode if I can find it. I got to find it or she'll kill me. It's so interesting to, to have like your partners like be interested in something that you're interested in because it's like if you're semi-interested, then you, you, your partner can get involved. But if you're like overly obsessed, I think they find it a little difficult to they don't want to like buy the wrong thing. They know yeah. you're so picky about it. Like, for instance, I wouldn't go out and buy a dress for my wife, like because I'm scared I would I would mess that thing up completely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, feel that, I definitely feel that way about jewelry, purses, and the like. It, it's hard. I would love to be that person that picks like the perfect piece, but uh, I'd rather have her give me at least a good guide, and then I can go make sure that she gets something that she will truly like. Yeah, and so, so and because of this, right, the reason I brought it up is like, I think my wife is doing something different. She's like, not cards completely, but she's doing some random things. Like, I'll give you a great is a great story for everyone to know. So I was I I work for a company in the space, um, and I was working at the Burbank show, um, and so my wife was you know she hadn't come to a card show for a few months. She or really almost ever to be honest. She's been so busy with her own work and taking care of my son as well. So she surprised me at the Burbank show near the end of one of the days, and she wanted to see what it was all about because she had never seen like the setup. She never seen what was out there. Um, we like my wife was a competitive swimmer for a long time, so I I got to show her some Phelps cards, which she wasn't really she didn't really care about to be honest, which I was surprised about. But I was like, don't you think you would like like a Phelps card with a you know game used goggle from an Olympic win? And she was indifferent about it, which is so weird to me because you would think as a as like an athlete, like you would care about it, but I guess. Even in athletes that care about stuff, not everybody wants memorabilia. Not everybody wants everything that we like. Okay, so uh, we were talking about last episode that we wanted to maybe start showing 
some cards, right? That's what we're here for. And we've been talking about sets and sets are great, but people also want to see stuff that, you know, is happening. So I have a couple of cards here. Joel, do you want to go first? And then I'll go, I'll go right after you. Sure. I mean, I guess one in particular that's um, been on my mind that I've got recently. Uh, I've been really into Metal Universe Champions, as Sheik knows. It's kind of a weird niche set, but I picked up this Platinum Portraits of Tiger. And these come, I, I think it's something like one in five cases to pull a Platinum Portraits. And I think the set is about 15 players, I believe. So and this one actually is a, the Pop 1 Pristine. And to me, Tiger's one of the players in the set where, I mean, people worry about like the jerseys, what you're wearing, but the golf cards in there, there's no jersey. There's nothing to be worried about license. Actually has the, the Tiger licensing on it on the back. You can see the... Interesting. Is uh, he, is, did he only have... Do, do each person only have one platinum portrait or do they have multiple? So this year there's only one platinum portrait. I think Jordan, I feel like I've seen two pictures of yeah. Jordan. That's why I asked that. I didn't know. Yeah. But I don't think I've seen that with any of the other people. Um, this design in particular, this is the only year. This is the re, the um, arena design actually stepped in and did a, a new look uh, for a 2021 Metal Universe. And this was their reimagined design for the Platinum Portraits. It looks great. Which is exceptional. Like to me, the technology they use here. So you have the classic, the kind of like the, the, the pinholes that make up the picture. But along with that, there's die cutting around each side here with mm -hmm. every single one of these letters are die cut, right? And they use the hollow foil on the platinum portrait on the side. And for it to get a BGS 10, I think is exceptional because of all, you think about all the chances for something to be, to go wrong. So I, this is probably one of my pickups I'm, I'm happiest with for, for many reasons. It's good grade too. Did you grade it yourself? Yeah, actually, this one. So I was hoping for a gem, and this is a pristine. Was a, was a prize getting a pop one pristine. I was just hoping for it to be gem. I was like, it looks pretty good, but uh, that was that was a nice jump. So Joel came in with a banger. So we were Sorry. talking about doing this, and I was like, I'm not going to change my cards now, but maybe next time I'm going to have to bring out a banger. I, I yeah. thought we were just going to do like normal Sorry, stuff. Sorry. All right, so I have a couple of normal we'll stuff. Cut, okay. cut. We'll do a different one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So I have like impulse buying on really small cards sometimes. Like, honestly, I don't know if I'll own this card two months from now because I feel like I just bought it. And I was like, man, I got to have a card of this player. And so I'll find something around like the 30 to $50 range and I'll just, I'll bin it, you know? I don't care. Um, and so I did that with this card. So this is a design by Don Russ Elite in 2021. It's a Singoon Orange, okay, high numbered. It's a PSA 9. It was about 50 bucks. I binned it. You can you can find me on e on on uh, alt comps. I'm sure I'm on there. I'm probably paid the probably paid the record. But I didn't care because I was just like, man, I'm really impressed with this player. Like his nickname is starting out to be like Baby Jokic, and I think he could do it. He's got a chance. Houston's Actually, they're in contention for a playing game. Can you believe that? The Rockets. No. That's nuts. I'm I was hoping that my guy Jalen Green would do it, but he's kind of fizzling right now. I don't know if he's the guy. I think this I is the know. guy. This I is. The, I think this is this is the guy that I have the most faith in. Uh, he just he's passing the ball. He's getting better defensively. 
Um, we'll see what happens. You know, you got to stay healthy. But uh, I, I, I like the way he plays the game, and I think it's really helping the team overall. Um, so I think this is going to be – this is one that I just binned. And then the other card is very cheap, maybe $2.99. But this has been in my collection since probably – the third or fourth month I ever started collecting. So I keep this in my travel box. So nobody even knows that it exists. It's in there. I never even show it to anybody. So this is the first time people are seeing this for the, for this. This is Devin Thomas. He's a wide receiver. He does not have a professional card because he's that crappy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what this guy is, and I know you could probably go, by the way, this is by Sage. You remember Sage? Oh, Joel, the company. So why do I even have this? Why is this so important to me? No one will know except I'm about to tell you. He was a New York Giants hero. He was the reason that the Giants won probably the second Super Bowl. They were playing the 49ers. They could not move the ball. It was raining. He was not even playing wide receiver. He was on the special teams. And he got two fumble recoveries, one that bounced off the San Francisco 49ers leg and he recovered it. And the Giants could not move in overtime. I think they had three possessions in overtime. It's like three and out. He recovered it at like the 25 yard line of uh, the San the 49ers. We once again went three and out and we kicked the game winning field goal to make us go to the Super Bowl. So this guy retired literally probably a couple years after that game. And he was a nobody, except for he was a hero for the New York Giants. So that is so lucky to be in the right place at the right time. And, that, and that's what you need to win a Super Bowl sometimes, I feel, most of the time. So I keep this in every carrying case. Any card show that I go to, this card is in my carrying case with me. Some superstitious. So, your, so you would say call Devin Thomas your good luck charm? Sure. I, I I'm I need another one of these, but the Giants are so bad. But uh, but essentially, I'll never forget this guy. The I I as soon as the game was over, I hunted the card on eBay and binned it, and there was only one available at that time. So there's a bunch available probably on eBay now. I've never even checked, but essentially, I had to have this card, and it's the only card of this guy that I know. So I binned it. I'm gonna have one in my case too shortly. You gotta hear some of these. Bye. I'll just, you're not gonna get this one. You can get another one. I think there's a numbered <laughs> card in this set, actually. Um, okay, but that was uh, that, that's good. We're gonna keep that going. I think that's a good idea to just you know be like more productive about that. So, Joel, just to move it forward, how about we get into the uh, post of the show, post of the week? I would call it week, but we do a show every two weeks, so. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna show you the post. I'm gonna share my screen. I'm gonna post, and then I want to I want you to just talk to me about like what do you think this could mean for for the hobby? Okay, so right. I'm gonna share my screen right now. Here we go. Here it is, Joel. Do you see it? I see it. I see it. it's the Brady Superfractor. Yeah, it's the Brady Superfractor, the Bowman Chrome Superfractor, one of one. Okay, I'm gonna stop mm -hmm. sharing now. So. What are your thoughts about this? It's been all over. It's been all over social, everything. 
I mean, uh, my thought initially is I'm happy that people are going to get some good money off of it. I don't get it. And I, I don't find it that exciting, but I'm happy that people do because I think it's a good thing for just the hobby in general to have people interested in these kind of one-offs. Joel, you're being too nice. You're being too nice, okay? This card is outselling the Bowman Chrome, like, PSA 10, not P no, PSA 9. In the same grade, it's selling. It's outselling the 2000 Bowman Chrome. What are people thinking right now? I don't know. But do I want to own this card in a serial numbered on maybe one of the lower prints, something like that, non-autographed? I think, yeah, just because it'll be a fun card to hold, but not at these prices. You know, Russell Wilson has cards like this. Yeah, You don't see anybody out there being like, oh, let's go pay a lot for the Russell Wilson baseball card. A lot of the football athletes have great baseball cards because they were drafted early. Yeah. Well, I guess in the case of Russell Wilson, it did sell well when he was like solid, right? When he was in the Super Bowl, his Colorado yeah. Rockies, but I'm trying to have a few of them somewhere. And um, yeah, I think in the case of Brady, this is not even a card that was relevant because, I mean, in, in reality, there was no... This was not like it was produced. If this was the original card produced, like in 99 or something like that, when he was potentially a, a prospect, then, yeah, maybe there's there's some merit there. But this is produced all these years later. And I, I guess it's hard because I feel like it's manufactured. But that being said, it is interesting, right? It is, and they're trying to do something different. They're pro getting something exciting into this Bowman uh, draft product that they probably need some some push for. Well, I don't know if they need a push, Joel. It's like the hottest product of the year. But but I will say this. I will say this. I do like the marketing. I do like the uh, athlete participation. I wonder if it would feel different if it was an active player. Yeah. Right? Like, at least this one occurred. If If they came out with a LeBron James Cleveland Browns thing, I would be like, no. No, I'm not about yeah. that. Um, but at least he got drafted by them, and he, you know, he was considering baseball at one point. But I, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, we are going to in '98, '99, Upper Deck had a lot of Jordan exclusive products, only Jordan. And I don't care what anybody says; that's a money grab. It was a money grab. Could that's we see? A fanatics based tops product of someone like Tom Brady, 50 different versions in the set. I can see it. It could happen. It may, it may already be in the coming. works. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. I, it, there's going to be one, and I cannot, and you know what? I, I may have to eat my words after, after this gets released, but there will be a LeBron product where it will be a timeline of. The Heat, the Cavs, the Lakers, game use memorabilia, game use jerseys in each of the cards as a timeline, autographs with all of, all of his pro jerseys in that, and you better be damned, Joel, if I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars for that box because I probably will. So maybe it's working because they're going to get me. Yeah, well, I think in that case of so LeBron, it's a special case where he never had a Lakers Heat. Uh, auto right in that yeah. time, so it's like we get that whole, um, kind of kind of that whole timeline kind of fixed if Fanatics can produce those cards of LeBron. For sure, I, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that like we should pay attention to this 
there are sets and that that Jordan set those Jordan upper deck sets still sell well. It's just that like what is going to be authentic and what is going to be forced feel forced. That's what we should pay attention to. Yeah, and I think I, I keep on keep it on with the innovation. The hobby will support what it does, and I think the set that we're going to get in today, when we get into it, we'll touch on that because at the time it was the set was pushing some level of innovation that didn't exist in the hobby, and it was kind of bringing actually something back to life. So with that, do you want to transition into our set of the day? Let's do it. All right. So our set of the day is of, of the recording is twenty twelve to thirteen. Crusade basketball. Um, so this is our first time jumping into the 2010s on this podcast, given this is our fourth episode. But it's uh, a product that uh, at the time I think was fun because I think they're jumping into the people like Prism. I think at that point, Prism and Select were both out and Crusade was kind of the third chance at like a shiny item. But the catch of uh, Crusade that was different was they weren't calling them Prisms per se. Mm-hmm. These were crusade cards and yep. this was a throwback to uh the crusade insert in the 90s in baseball which was extremely popular i think the griffey crusade is an extremely expensive card so this is an attempt to bring that theme to basketball and um it went over pretty well at first uh in that year that being said these boxes got really cheap because we're, we're bringing innovation to the hobby but in a way basketball just wasn't there and uh, as far as the uh, support for, for buying these products and what happened was the prices came down and this was an extremely fun product to rip. Yeah, I think some things to think about for collectors that weren't opening boxes in this year or they came to the hobby afterwards. There was there's seven packs in this. Uh, everyone thinks it's six, but in that year, every single product had a Kobe anthology pack. And I used to think that these Kobe anthology packs were going to be so expensive down the road. And obviously I'm, I'm just, a, I was a noob and I, I, I thought that that was the case, but there are so many there's the autographs in the Kobe anthology. They're still kind of expensive because they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. Those they're beautiful and they're awesome. rare. And, and so it was like a homage to Kobe uh, that he was going to be in every single product as a pack. And the packs had autos, had sometimes some of them have swatches. And then it was just about different, different events in his career. I actually think Fanatics should take a book, a page out of this and consider doing this for some other athletes in other sports. Like it would be, it would have been cool to see something like that for like Peyton Manning and football cards or Tom Brady on his way out, stuff like that. Um, so the other things about this is Joel brought up this is coming out of the 90s set. So it was coming out of 98 Leaf rookie and stars and they had baseball and they had football and they still sell for a ton of money um one of the things that's interesting is i didn't realize that they changed the colors of the cards uh from that set to the 2012 uh and and in that set i believe the red and gold was serial or were the like the base cards kind of things i, I mm-hmm. believe and in this 2012 product for basketball it's blue and yellow or blue and gold call it gold it's it, it's gold and so that was like the base card and then uh, there are three autographs three memorabilia's uh in in this box 
nobody really cared about that. You were caring about the crusade. The crusade came one in every pack. And, you know, you had the, the way that they number it is everything is a, a certain color and gold. So there's red gold out of 99, purple gold, then green gold, then you just have plain all gold, and then the black one of one. One of the things that was the most interesting things that uh, when I was looking into both the 98 and this, they both have a huge checklist of 300 names exactly. So I wonder if Panini took a page out of that Leaf product and said, we're going to keep the checklist for Crusades to also be 300 names. And if you think about 300 names in basketball, Joel, that is huge. That's a huge yeah. number of different players. I don't even know if that exists today um, with all the rookies and everything. Usually they cap it at like 200 or 250 for the checklist. Um, and then the last couple things I just had about it was something really unique. Crusade still exists today, but it's not the same look. So Crusade from 2012 to 2014 stayed as its own product. It was its own lineage. Mm -hmm. Then 2015, they call it Crusade, but I don't know if it's related. They it's moved to something called yeah, Excalibur. And, and then in 2018, the year of the boom of grading, Chronicles. they move it to Chronicles, which Chronicles... I have a little tiff about Chronicles, Joel. I love Chronicles. I'm the opposite. Oh, my God. You, you, next thing you're going to tell me is you like Mosaic. I don't mind Mosaic. Oh, my gosh. Dude, they are like my two least favorite sets of all time, I feel. I, I think part that gets me is the like how many are graded. It's unbelievable. So you just go type in Crusade. Just the word Crusade into eBay. The 2018, just for that year, there's over 2,000 listed on eBay. Holy cow. 2019, there's not 200. 2020, sorry, 2019 maybe might be 300, but 2020, 200. There's so like it, the overproduction of grading was incredible for that. So Chronicles to me, I'm done. Like not, I didn't get burned on it or anything like that. They just made too much. Mosaic, just Prism wannabes. Don't want it. Don't want it. But essentially, they keep moving this product. So I don't know why they can't go back to the original lineage. The original lineage of 2012, the way that they look, they look great. I think they could get back there. I think what happened was at the time is essentially they were not selling enough. This product in 2012 got dirt cheap. So um, at the 2013 National Chicago, I think these boxes got down. I think they were at retail... I want to say they're retail about 20 bucks a pack, like $120 a box. Yep. And at the national, I was buying boxes like 50 to $60 a box. And I was so bored at the end of the national that I would just rip box after box after box after box of this stuff. Because it was fun. And guess what? I went through all those cards. I didn't hit a single LeBron base out of all those boxes because oh, of the fact what you mentioned, the 300 card set. And I yeah. was like, I'm going to hit a LeBron. I didn't hit a single, even like I think. Uh, I think out of what, like maybe a case and a half, not a LeBron, which is possible, right? Because it's keep it so going. I'm, I'm going to share my screen and I'm I'm going to show you a couple things why this is so interesting. Keep keep talking. So uh, I'm now showing like the 2012 draft class, right? And by the way, for those people that don't know, this is BasketballReference.com. This is where actually I, I find so much of my information. But Dame, AD. Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, Harrison Barnes, 
And then, like, if we scroll up and then we go to the 2011, remember, this is the dual class. You go again, and then you take a look. Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. These three at the top, they're guaranteed Hall of Famers. Like, this is a huge set release. We're not even talking about Clay Thompson down here. Yeah. Um, and so, now how do I stop sharing? <laughs> here we go. This this is a perfect year to to make Crusade a standalone product because they had two rookie classes to use for that three hundred card set. Yep, um, exactly. But there was um, a a stark design difference between the base card, which was made of paper, and then each pack had the one Crusade card. Um, one of the the people behind the production of this product, I think it's Keith Howard. Um, the guy though that's sitting next to Tracy. Yeah, next to yeah, I think it's Keith yeah. Howard. He used to work for Beckett back in the day and would be. Uh, make articles for the magazine. Anyway, he talked about how the the base the the goal was to make it as kind of like as basic as possible, mm -hmm. um, just because the the main hit was supposed to be that crusade card in each pack. But the thing is, it's funny that during the pandemic that Kobe Bryant, when Kobe Bryant passed away, because of these cards, that base card had players had wings. I think mm -hmm. in particular the Kobe base card exploded because a lot of people really glommed onto the aspect of Kobe and the angel mm -hmm. wings and, and the like, and it became a major thing. Surprisingly, I went to look up recent comps of that card. I think that there's still an SGC nine that sells close to a hundred dollars of the base. That's good. Oh, That's crazy. Shocking. I yeah. mean, that, I mean, so we haven't done this in the, in the pod yet, but if we see like rare cards of this, like when we talk about these sets, we're not like, big time collectors of these sets but we admire them from a distance and we've also ripped the, either the box open or we you know care about how it looks if you're interested in purchasing some rare 2012 crusades if you head over to com c and look it up some guy has unloaded a, a couple dozen one of ones black crusades from 2012 now i i don't know what the prices are or anything like that but to see 2012 Crusade Black one of ones is really hard to find. So if you want to head over there and pick up one of those, please be my guest. And I think this is probably something that we probably need to add towards, Joel. If we see things like this in the community, we probably need to just sh start shouting it out. So people can go pick up some of these awesome like, little tid ni niche gra grails, you know? No, that's that's a great call out. I, I didn't realize it was like a Com C. I got some... Well, Are you gonna yeah. go buy one now? I, I should have told yeah, you off off the air. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, you're making me kind of peek, but um, yeah, I'm only seeing the a Stockton. Um, Did someone black. buy it? I wonder if someone bought it. Yeah, I think uh, there's only a Stockton black, and then there's only a Nick Anderson uh, autograph black one number on one. Yeah, and yeah, it was actually like I saw it. I saw it on social, and it, there was a, a, at least fifteen to twenty. So maybe Jeez. someone bought them up. I think they Maybe. were selling them only for like a couple hundred apiece. Oh, come on. Where is my... Should I, should I message you? I'll message you <laughs> next time, Joel. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, man. Okay, but, uh, let me get back on track here. So this this, this set... Um, so we had... Not only did we have the content of a prism card per pack, or a crusade... How do we call it? Just the crusade base per pack. But with the the format you're guaranteed to have six hits like a basically hit per pack mm -hmm. either be mm -hmm. an autograph or memorabilia um i'll tell you this the autograph checklist 
I think one thing that made these even tough rips at 60 of the time was you, you're getting like the bottom of the barrel autographs majority of the time. They're all sticker the, too. And you know how I yeah. feel about stickers. I yeah, hate they They looked extremely cheap. Um, and it's, I think really a lot of the, the main guys in that set really didn't pan out. I mean, you can have the occasional Kobe auto, which I think Kobe was on card for uh, at, yeah. at least in this product. This is, this is really, a sh- the signing checklist wasn't that strong. Joel, this is a message to all future card makers that want to listen to our pod. If they, if you want to put sticker, just kill it and charge me more for the box and give me on card, please. I beg of you. See, my, I have a little bit of a different take. I think if sticker is, if sticker is needed, you should do it in a way where you make the sticker seamless. So it's like you, you build it into this card. Like maybe you put a layer on top to, to put it into the card. But if mm-hmm. you just flat out just slapping sticker on, you should at least make a. I think Leaf actually has gotten pretty good about this. Like make a section of the card, the white where section, it looks like it's supposed to be placed or on foil, right? Mm-hmm. And then you put the sticker on top. It becomes much more seamless. But that being said, part of the art of all this is having the on card autograph because it gives a large template for the the player to choose how they want to sign the card. And do something a little bit more special, not feel restricted to this little space on the sticker. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. But there's just been so many stickers lately, and there are probably more to come. Yeah, I mean, that's the way the industry. I think maybe for this to change, we might need a slowdown in the industry for this to be to not be the way of the future. Because I think they're going to choose uh, more and more to get away from the on-card um, unless we demand it. Or, or dollars don't go behind it unless it's there. Yeah, right? I mean, if people stop buying it. Right, and that's not going to happen. But if people stop buying stuff with stickers, then you'd see a change. Yeah, part of it is like you got to keep the excitement going. So I kind of get that. Um, yeah, I think it has but, its place. I think uh, people always like to have an alternative, right? I think on card autograph is the premium product, and yep. you have people that always want the premium product. But you also have people there like this one is good enough for fine, right? Yeah, and I think stickers have their place for that. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you this. Okay, even though I have this stance on stickers. I have a different stance on jerseys that are not event worn or game worn and then taken out of a, a shop from the internet and cut up and put into the card. I mean, why guys? Why? Like just don't do that. Just don't do it. It it, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't I don't understand how as a hobby we have decided to say we are not saying it, but people are saying it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, why? I think it comes down to aesthetics of the card, right? So I think we've accepted. I think it was a slippery slope. For rookies, I think in the past we understood because across the board, rookies tend to have a photo shoot or something like that. I think during COVID, we pushed the ballot with there's not even a, an event because of COVID, so they have to just use these. Yep. these well, that, that, that I can understand that. that. The aesthetics, right. I can understand. Um, the ability to not get a game used jersey or an event worn jersey during COVID, I kind of get that too. Um, so yeah, but outside outside of that, Joel, how come we don't have any bubble jerseys? We should be having some bubble event or or game worn material. Hmm. I you know what I wonder? Like I don't know if this is the truth or we have to maybe we need to ask somebody. Is it possible that those jerseys had to be? discarded that would be ridiculous but we need to find some bubble game worn material i've not seen one card with a bubble that's actually a very good point i wonder if they discarded the jerseys or they washed the jerseys 
We a lot of times them, they yeah. don't wash the jerseys, which that can be our won't... innovation on this is talk about. Is... We need some bubble worn patches. All right, I have one guy that works in the industry as a photographer. I'm gonna reach out to him and I'm gonna ask him if he knows about what happened to the bubble jerseys. He, I don't know if he would uh, photograph that event, but he does like all big games, like Cowboys games, all of them, like uh, NCAA games, everything. So I'm gonna ask him whether he knows because. Maybe it was a health problem, health hazard. So they decided that yeah, they yeah. they can't distribute those. Yeah, they just burned them all. <laughs> that'd be that'd be crazy. But uh, I'll tell right. I'll tell you that just to bring us back to the crusade set, right? If I don't think the boxes are that expensive now, they're they're expensive, but they're not as I don't think they're as bad as what they were. But having the dual rookie class, having uh, just like the fact that it's the premier design, and we're not talking about this, but 2013 and 2014, Joel, look just as good. They have really beautiful designs for Crusades in those years as well. Yeah, so it looks like boxes of the 2012, as you mentioned, around 500 bucks a box now, which I believe they probably came down from their COVID peaks. But this was supposed to be a cheap box at 120 In the 2013 to 14, uh, those actually came out cheaper. So I think what happened was in 2012 to 13, the product didn't fly so well mm-hmm. because uh, it was early on at the time. And in 2013 and 14, they're like, okay, let's let's try a cheaper model. And they made the boxes. I think they came out like 60 to 70 bucks. It, it was really cheap. I broke all those years. And yeah. the other thing, though, is maybe part of it is also they couldn't get the buy-in from the basketball community on a football baseball main insert. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, thing it, that, I don't know if that's the case, but it, it, maybe it's the first time basketball had seen Crusade. And not really understanding like how kind of uh, its place in the industry and did it really matter that much when you have Prism and Select all these other options because that was just the year of Shiny 2012 where they just pushed uh, or really pushed out those those innovations for that year to really start hitting. I enjoy that it had like limited cards in the backs. I enjoy mm-hmm. that. I actually think. If you think about price point to hits, that's a good box. So, you know, uh, this is the fourth episode. We wanted to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah. Um, We won't come back until the new year, uh, but hopefully we'll have some new things for you guys and we'll try to change it up a little bit. We've been uh, going on this similar pattern because we're trying to get into a cadence. Um, But yeah, we're looking forward to what 2024 holds and we're going to keep the episodes rolling. Yeah, just to echo Sheik, thank you so much to all of you for taking the time to to listen as we, we grow and we're trying to continue to keep going with this into 2024. So definitely going to 2024, we're thankful for all of you. Uh, if you can, please take time to subscribe to the channel, follow us on our other socials, and we'll see you in 2024.